The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of royal peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. The side effects for the Moderna vaccine sound concerning. We looked. After the second dose, at least 80% of participants experienced a systemic side effect, ranging from severe chills to fevers. So are these vaccines safe? Well, the, uh, the FDA not being pressured will look hard at that. You know, the, it, the, 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 the side effects were not super severe. That is, it didn't cause permanent health problems for uh, the things that are, they, you know, Moderna did have to go with a fairly high dose. There's a lot of characteristics of these vaccines. Um, it's great that we have multiple of them uh, that but are Bill, going out there. And, and yes, I you, think- You know the data the better than I do. But the bill, bill the, the data showed that everybody with a high dose had a, a side effect. Yeah, but some of that is is not dramatic where, you know, it's just, you know, super painful. But yes, there we need to make sure there's not severe side effects. The FDA, uh, I, I, I think, will do a good job of that uh, despite the pressure. Quite the uh, narrative shift going on at the moment. Here's your mainstream media. Now, uh, questioning. Can you believe they're actually questioning just how effective and, and even healthy these vaccines are? She said there, everyone that's taken a high dose of this, they're experiencing side effects. Pretty amazing. Just two seconds ago, we were told it was perfect and that it was going to completely stamp out the covid you're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining our growing audience. It's great to be with you here today. You can get to our live stream, of course, every weekday morning at 11 a.m. here in the central time zone of the United States. Just go to thetrumpet.com or thetrumpet.com forward slash live. And you can also get to all of our podcasts that are posted after the fact, and you can send them to your device and listen or view however you see fit. I like In that clip, by the way, I like how he says that, uh, you know, one of the minor side effects is super pain. Listen to this again, clip five. But the, bill, bill, the, the data showed that everybody with a high dose had a, a side effect. Yeah, but some of that is, is not dramatic where, you know, it's just, you know, super painful. Super painful. Yeah, it's not that dramatic. Just super painful. Super painful? Well, mark me down then for a hard pass on the vaccine. I think I'll go without the super pain. There's Bill Gates, world-renowned doctor, physician, whatever he is. None of that. But he is pro-vaccine, and he just dismisses the, the side effects cases of super painful reactions to the vaccine. Maybe that's going to go down as one of our top clips of the year. You can help us with that, by the way, Sam. We've got the mega, the mega montage is coming up on Friday. It's going to fill out most of the show. It's my favorite trumpet daily of the year. It involves about two minutes of commentary coming from me. And then the rest, we get to see all of the images, hear all of the sound bites. And if you have a favorite, we're going to run through some of our all-time favorites from this past year on Thursday's program, just two, two days away. And it'll whet your appetite for the uh, mega montage on Friday. So if you have a fa if you can remember, it's hard for me to remember them all because... Well, they kind of blend together, and of course, you can't remember always if it was 2022 or 21. But if you have a favorite clip from this past year, send an email to tdatthetrumpet.com and let us know what it is. Maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's the Josh Hawley jog. That's one of my favorites. Uh, who can forget the compelling testimony about the clavicles? That's a, that's a pretty good one as well. By the way, one of our observant viewers said that he thought he noticed my clavicles 
on the show yesterday with one of my evidently form-fitting sweaters. So if clavicles is your cup of tea, send us an email, let us know, and we let me just, to whet your appetite for whetting your appetite, let me just play one of Sam's favorite clips from this past year. This is John Bolton. I don't know that I agree with you, to be, to be uh, fair, with all due respect. Uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, yeah. not here, but, you know, other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> how, far did, how far along did he get in that statement there before he realized, uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this at the moment? As somebody who's helped plan coup d'etats, not, not here in America, I'm ne- I would never do that. But I mean, I've done it all over the world. I'm John Bolton. He says he might run for president in 2024. And, and with all the experience he has in running coup d'etats, it's perfect, isn't it? It's just perfect. This has, by the way, this clip has nothing whatsoever to do. Well, it, actually, it kind of does. Because we're following on the theme from yesterday. A year of lying. That's what this past year could be described as. A year of lying, especially especially among the political class. Richard uh, Palmer had a, a brief, the morning brief this morning, where he talked about, he just took us, took us back to the beginning of the lockdowns, almost three years now. We, we've passed the thousand-day mark. And Richard was pointing out in this morning's brief that, you know, when it happened, and I was in Britain at the time with him and the, the, the lockdowns, they were even more strict in the U.K. than they were here in the United States. But he just commented this morning about how shocking it was and, and how that it basically the, the government lowered the boom on the, the citizenry and, and, and did so by spreading, as we now know from Twitter Files 11, by spreading propaganda, misinformation, and by censoring opposing voices. That actually happened. Listen to this uh, being discussed on Fox Business earlier today, clip one. And I think the frightening aspect is, is where you have government officials talking about unapproved opinions being displayed on Twitter, and, and that's language that we see in 1984, Brave New World. You know, it really amazes me. The FBI is calling people that believe this conspiracy theorists, yet we have their own words, their own documents talking about this major censorship push against experts. We were told to believe the experts, to follow the experts, and yet they censored the experts. Yeah, and if you didn't agree with their experts, you were a conspiracy theorist. Well, now, like Elon Musk says, <laughs> all these conspiracy theories, they're proving to be true. I saw one comment online, by the way. This guy says, uh, you know, you know the best part about being a conspiracy theorist is? The fact that you don't have myocarditis. All of these conspiracies. And now, as you heard at the top there, the, the, the narrative shift going on now, right in front of our eyes. Here's another from this morning, clip two. That's the sort of the narrative, the tone of this whole administration is inconsistency when you're explaining your way out of a lie, censorship of certain uh, social media uh, 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 platforms like Twitter. I I mean, I think the bigger issue here, even beyond politically, is the legal implications of this. You talked about censorship. We talk about suppression of free speech. Twitter is not a government platform. Twitter is a private medium for social expression. The definition of suppress is to forcefully withhold information. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge problem. There they are discussing it this morning. A huge problem for these government bureaucrats that were in there telling Twitter, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, because uh, Google, Facebook, they were all, they were all obediently uh, adhering to the so-called government guidelines. One final clip from this morning, clip three. The other question kind of raised by this, uh, by implication, is how far does this go? How long has this suppression been ongoing? We know about uh, the former President Donald Trump's Twitter uh, account being suspended. We know that countless other conservatives have had their Twitter account suspended. So how long has this suppression been ongoing? I mean, I think that's one of the deeper questions. How long and how far-reaching is it? This is uh, from Richard Palmer's piece back in uh, December 12th, so what, a little over two weeks ago. He says, Britain's government used policies designed to target terrorists to shut down scientists who oppose lockdown on 
social media. So if you oppose the lockdowns, you were treated like a terrorist online. And we've got to blot it out. We've got to censor you. It says here, uh, well, it quotes this, uh, this journalist, Isabella uh, Oakshot, and she says this, as far as, Han this is Matt Hancock, he's like the Tony Fauci of the UK, as far as Matt Hancock was concerned, anyone who fundamentally disagreed with his approach was mad and dangerous and needed to be shut down. His account shows how quickly the suppression of genuine medical misinformation, a worthy endeavor during a public health crisis, morphed into an aggressive, government-driven campaign to smear and silence those who criticized the response. No room for opposing views. No, just take what Matt Hancock says. Take what Tony Fauci says. It says here, aided by the Cabinet Office, the Department of Health harnessed the full power of the state to crush individuals and groups whose views were seen as a threat to public acceptance of official messages and policy. Goes through some examples of what Hancock was doing in uh, early 2020, basically calling for Twitter and, and Facebook to tweak their algorithms so that they could just bury stories that they didn't agree with. Government censorship, we now know. As I said yesterday, uh, if this is the year of lying, it's, it's also been a year of exposing so many of those lies. And we'll get into this a little bit more as we go. But it says here, such was the fear of anti-vaxxers that the cabinet office used a team hitherto dedicated to tackling ISIS propaganda to curb their influence. They went after the so-called anti-vaxxers the way that they would go after ISIS, if you can believe it. This is Matt Hancock. This was Boris Johnson's government in the UK. And the same was happening here in the United States. Same thing. It says Hancock genuinely considered their views a threat to public health. So many lies will worship as we've said so often when quoting some history from World War II and Adolf Hitler and also Colossians II, where God speaks of this. This is from uh, Exposed News. It says, the art of telling really big lies, David Bell explained, is based on their being so divorced from reality that the listener will assume their own perception must be flawed rather than the claims of the person speaking to them. COVID-19 provided a template for deception. COVID, the lockdowns, and then along comes the vaccine. The vaccine wasn't tested. They covered up the fact that they had all these side effects. And only now, two years after the fact, you've got a lady asking Bill Gates, uh, are they safe? And uh, he didn't look, I mean, it wasn't a ringing endorsement. He's pro-vax as you can be. But there he is, you know, him hawing and, and, and stuttering and not really knowing. Well, a CDC, I suppose, will look into that. But look, some of these, I mean, some of these have to be dismissed as super painful. Super painful? The miracle drug? The drug that's supposed to stamp it all out? And you're trying to say now, well, we can't really count the ones that are super painful. It makes me think of that story. I don't know if it was last year or year before. You know, the guy on the vaccine. And then he ends up getting the COVID again. He dies of the COVID. And you've got family members coming forward saying, oh, it would have been so much worse had he not had the vaccine. So much worse than death? Are you crazy? This is the way people are reasoning in this age of will worship. Just believe someone's opinion because of whoever he is or whatever credentials he has attached to the end of his name. This is from this same article. It says, truth was the only persistent obstacle to corporatizing and monetizing global public health. But COVID proved that this impediment to progress can be expunged through consistent lying and vilification of truth tellers backed by a well-managed behavioral psychology campaign. It was all there. It was all there. COVID provided a hard bucket of facts to deal with, but this is just the situation in which really big lies can work. Those really big lies, the real whoppers, they were thriving for many, many months, for a year or two, and now finally, finally they're being exposed. We exposed them from the very beginning. You go, speaking of 
clips, favorite clips, some of those shows that we produced in March, April of 2020, well ahead of the pack, to be sure. All of this, it's, I played that Joe Rogan clip for you yesterday. Here the guy, the leading, one of the leading vaccine pushers out there, particularly for children, and he admits, yeah, I don't take care of myself. I'm a junk food-aholic. I mean, you can't make this up. All that these people know are drugs. And now the drugs, the drugs are causing problems. Surprise, surprise. I played a bit from this, uh, this uh, report at an Australian news station yesterday. Here's another uh, bit from that segment, clip six. These are serious side effects. Why did the medical regulator, APRA, warn doctors then, as you claim, not to speak out about these vaccine side effects? We'd have to ask APRA themselves about their motivation, but certainly quite a number of doctors that I've spoken to have felt impeded in speaking out about uh, their concerns about vaccine adverse events because of the statement made by APRA that, uh, that doctors shouldn't say anything that was uh, going to impede the government's vaccine rollout. And they took that to mean uh, not to publicly raise their concerns. But I think it's very important with this new vaccine, uh, it's only been around for you know, less than two years, that it's time. So how do 90% of Americans, how did they know to stop taking vaccines? Yeah. I, I don't think it's by watching CNN. Yet. No. This is, this is where it's coming from. Yeah. It's coming from uh, the fact that 7 to 8% of people end up in the, the ER or in urgent care and the family members talk to each other. Yes. There's a Zogby survey, a representative survey, that asked people about the vaccines. Two-thirds of Americans in the Zogby survey said they took a vaccine. And they asked them, well, what happened? 15% of people had some new medical problem that they are now seeking care after taking the vaccine. Well, those 15% talked to other people. There's a Michigan State survey. 22% of Americans know somebody who's either died or been seriously injured after COVID-19 vaccination. That 22% talks to other people. So it's rare now yes. that you'd mm -hmm. ever encounter anybody yeah. who says that they haven't heard something. The cure is killing us. You heard that from the Trumpet magazine in the summer of 2020. Call our operators and become a subscriber. There's no cost, no obligation. A free 10-month subscription or one-year subscription. The number is one 930 Listen to Steve Kirsch. He was, again, another one who was blotted out. He was censored for telling the truth. This is from, uh, I think, just a few weeks ago, clip eight. Hi, I'm Steve Kirsch. I'm executive director of the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. I have no conflicts. Uh, advance to slide number four with the elephant. I'm going to focus my remarks today on the elephant in the room that nobody likes to talk about, that the vaccines kill more people than they save. Today, we focus almost exclusively on COVID death saves and vaccine efficacy because we were led to believe that the vaccines are perfectly safe. But this is simply not true. For example, there were four times as many heart attacks in the treatment group in the Pfizer six-month trial report. That wasn't bad luck. Theirs shows heart attacks happen 71 times more often following these vaccines compared to any other vaccine. He got his stats from VAERS. That's the CDC site. And uh, the date there, by the way, is September of 2021. So there were a few out there trying to get the truth out. But uh, for the most part, they were censored by big tech and the government. The government telling big tech what to do, what to allow, what to push, and what to blot out. And now look at where we are. The cure is killing us. It's from the Wall Street Journal, November 28th, about a month ago. It says, U.S. life insurers paid a record $100 billion in 2021 in death benefits, fueled by another year of COVID-19 deaths, an in industry trade group said. Payouts rose 11% in 2021 to $100 billion, <clears throat> most likely due to the pandemic, according to the American Council of Life and so on. It says the increase was on the heels of a 15% year-over-year rise in 2020 when death benefit payments totaled $90 billion. So you see the trend. You see where we're going. And, of course, this article touches on the, the now <laughs> late phenomena of 
the excess deaths, the deaths that are just happening suddenly, died suddenly, by the way. It's been viewed 14 and a half million times, almost 15 million times. And even there, you've got to go over to Rumble, some of these alternative sites, just to be able to see it, just to be able to see the truth, to see what's happening, as there still is this concerted effort to blot out the truth. This uh, journal piece says COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. jumped 20% in 2021. It jumped 20% in the first year of Joe Biden, who said he was going to come in and stamp it out? He was going to crush COVID? And remember, when Trump was there, they had the daily tracker on the video screen every second of every day. None of that for Joe Biden. Says here, deaths trended, trended younger as the Delta variant raced through the country, though older Americans still largely were the victims. It says life insurers also are also seeing deaths that appear to be indirectly tied to COVID-19. In quarterly earnings, some reported jumps in death claims that they believe are tied to delays in medical care as a result of the 2020 lockdowns. And again, we were talking about all of this in 2020. Wait a second, you're shutting everything down? What about the problems that that presents? Wasn't even considered by Matt Hancock and Tony Fauci. Just shut it down. We got to do it like China did it. This is from the Washington Post. More than 300 people are still dying each day on average from COVID-19. This is from November 28 as well. It says, while that's much lower than the 2,000 daily toll at the peak of the Delta wave, it is still roughly two to three times the rate at which people die of the flu, renewing debate about what is an acceptable loss. So all these mysteries, and they're coming in from all across Western nations, that we're having these, these excess deaths that we're paying more insurance out, insurance payouts, it's going up 15, 20%. And we're, we're here right at the very end of 2022. We're almost into 2023. And the vaccine's been around for how long? Two years. Two years. It was on the expedited fast track right there in the last year of Trump's presidency. And now it's been around for two years. And people are waking up to the fact that it's killing people as Kirsch just brought out in that uh, soundbite we played for you. Listen to conservative commentator Dan Bongino from his podcast not that long ago, Clip 9. This may turn out to be the biggest public health scandal in human history. I want to stick to non-hysterical coverage of this because it's really important, and I don't want to get ahead of my skis. But folks, every single day, I'm now reading one, two, three, four, sometimes more articles about this. New York Post, Jeremy Layton. Former University of Central Florida tight end, Jake Hescock, dies suddenly at 25. And he uses his moment on TV to scream and yell at people and tell them to shut up and take the vaccine, despite the fact that he doesn't seem even remotely curious as to why the vaccine has been almost entirely ineffective at stopping the spread of COVID. And that there is an outbreak of people dying suddenly, all-cause mortality going up. Is anybody curious about this? Folks, I told you before, I think the biggest mistake of my life was taking this vaccine. He, uh, he got the jab, and now he's like many others. He regrets it. How many more people are going to regret it in the weeks and months ahead? This isn't over. These, uh, these deaths that are happening suddenly or all of these side effects, including super pain, to quote Bill Gates. But never mind that. You know, for the most part, it's still very effective. So say the Vax pushers. They're just like drug pushers on a darkened, seedy corner of town somewhere, pushing this poison, even to children, even as they brag about their bad health. What has happened to the leading experts of our day? Their thinking will worship. Listen to Tony Fauci. This was from, I think, about a week ago, clip 14. 
it's nice that some people, you know, idolize me and put me up on a pedestal, but I don't get impressed by that. I never have. Oh, yes, he has. He's quite impressed that people idolize him, that people worship him, even to bring it up. You know, I understand that uh, some people, you know, uh, idolize me. I understand they put me up on a pedestal. I don't really get into it, though. You sure do. You get in. You, that's what you've been feeding on, like a drug. Speaking of drugs, that's what you've been consuming now for three years with all of your appearances on TV. Hundreds and hundreds of them, no doubt. And he won't go away. He won't. He, I played the clip for you last week. DeSantis saying we've got to get a review board that goes through this vaccine to see if it's uh, if it's uh, safe. And Fauci says, I can't even understand why DeSantis would be doing this. There's not one reason that comes into my mind that would make me think that this vaccine should even be remotely questioned. That's the way he thinks. That's the way he thinks. Because people have been idolizing him and worshiping him. He's drunk on vanity, on arrogance, on power, on fame. I mean, the guy's got three portraits of himself in his office. Three? Three paintings, pictures of himself? That's Tony Fauci. That's the lead expert that's telling us what to do with respect to COVID. Let me just uh, work back to, I didn't play the second Bongino clip, did I? Play, play that one if we haven't. The mandate crowd, the media crowd, the socialist crowd, they're not going to give up easily. Their sycophants won't give up easily either. This next batch of the Twitter files about COVID is, I'm convinced, is going to be devastating. I'm basing this based on some of the tweets Elon Musk has put out there, some of the suggestions, the hints, the winks and the nods he's made. It's going to be devastating. It's going to destroy the whole liberal ethos that government is somehow a competent entity interested in science. It is interested in propaganda only. That propaganda has diseased people's minds where people have gone so crazy, not just in government, but everywhere. Entertainment, music, sports. It, it, it's diseased people. It's a good way of putting it. Makes you think of Isaiah 1. It's made people sick in the head. It's diseased their minds. All of this propaganda, all of these lies. I mentioned that uh, segment that Tucker had Friday night. Listen to what, the, skip ahead to number 13. This again is from Tucker's show last week. This man will say literally anything. If the Chinese military unleashed a deadly manufactured flu virus on the world, Joe Biden would blame you for it. And actually he did. People are dying of COVID, Joe Biden told us, because you have questions about an experimental mRNA shot that doesn't really work and whose long-term effects we can't know. You're the criminal here, not the Chinese government, because you're, quote, unvaccinated. You must be punished. That was the message from the White House, picked up and eagerly disseminated by Biden's equally soulless stooges in the media. They're all together in this. The propaganda, it's diseased our minds. As I said, I played that clip for you yesterday. Listen again to Elon Musk commenting on uh, all of these so-called conspiracy theories. Clip 12. Almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> like if, is there a conspiracy theory about Twitter that didn't turn out to be true? Uh, so far, they've all turned out to be true. And if not, uh, more true than people thought. Even more true. Than, uh, than people thought. Let me just take you through, speaking of this, this propaganda that's diseased minds, this is in Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah chapter 9. Listen to what the prophet was inspired to write here. Verse 3 it says, And they bend their tongues like their, their uh, bow for lies, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Eternal. They just go from one evil act to the next. They bend their tongue. They bend their tongue for lies. They spin yarns, these people. It's all prophesied, isn't it? They're not defending the truth. They're not valiant for the truth. So look at what it does to their thinking. 
Richard, or maybe it was Sam, sent me this tweet from the New York Times on Sam Bankman-Fried. Listen to this tweet. And again, try to wrap your mind around the thought process behind it. I didn't read the entire story, but this is the tweet advertising an article at the Times. It says, in the U.S., Sam Bankman-Fried is persona non grata, but in the interviews across, in interviews across the Bahamas, residents say his crimes were hardly comparable to the gang violence on the island and expressed fears of economic fallout if crypto investors don't return. So in other words, SBF, you know, never mind that he stole billions. At least he's not, you know, a common criminal where he's shot and killed somebody. And, and you know, we kind of need the crypto investors. Here, the, the basically, I mean, the tone of this is just turn a blind eye to the white-collar criminal that, that steals billions. And, and as long as it's not murder in the streets, then we can kind of justify it. What is wrong with their thinking? Well, Jeremiah the prophet, he, uh, he reveals the answer to that. They, they bend their tongue for lies. They're not valiant for the truth. They can justify any evil act, except maybe the absolute extreme, you know, murder in the first degree. But other than that, I mean, the summer of 2020, the talking heads were justifying murder all across that summer. 40, 50 people murdered in the summer of love. And then the Jan 6 report comes out last week, and they talk about this violent insurrection where the people that were murdered or at least killed we're all Trump supporters, and yet the Gen 6 committee, they just turn it upside down, and they, they pretend that all of these police officers were gunned down or violently beaten with fire hydrants or whatever. They bend, they bend their tongues like their bow for lies. Verse 4 in Jeremiah 9 says, Take you heed every one of his neighbor, and trust you not in any brother for every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanders. I mean, just everyone. I mean, the way God views it, I understand in our world today, in the Israelite nations of today, I understand that lying is no big deal. Everybody does it. But peer into the scriptures from time to time and see what God thinks about it. And, and, and then look around and see what it's created all around us. You can't trust anyone or anything. You can't believe anything anymore. It's, it's really infected our thinking, that propaganda. It spreads like a disease. It says here in verse 5, And they will deceive everyone his neighbor and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies and weary themselves to commit iniquity. They, they've taught their tongue to speak lies. We're taught it. Our children are taught it in school. We're, we're taught to believe hoaxes, even about some of our most prominent traditions or holidays. Just go ahead, believe the lies. What's the big deal? Verse 6, it says, Thine habitation is in the midst of deceit. It says, Through deceit they refuse to know me, saith the Eternal. Through deceit they refuse to get to know me. You can't know God. You cannot get to know God if you're practicing deceit, if you're spreading lies, if you teach your tongue and the tongue of your children to speak lies. You just can't do it. God is a God of truth. Thy word is truth, it says in John 17. Just to finish this passage, Jeremiah 9, 7 says, Therefore, thus says the Eternal of hosts, Behold, I will melt them and try them, for how shall I do for the daughter of my people? Their tongue, verse 8, is an arrow shot out. It speaks deceit. One speaks peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but in heart he lays his weight. He says smooth things. He sounds like an angel of light, but in his heart he lays in wait to... to Commit evil acts. That's what the prophet is saying here. Look at what, look at what violence and, and criminality we're just turning a blind eye to. It's not so bad. 
It's not so bad if you steal billions. At least you didn't murder somebody. Listen to this story from Just the News. It says the report, this is on the 2020 election, so we're going back two years. The report released uh, Monday states that, this is from Texas, states Texas voters overall can have a very high level of confidence in the accuracy of the outcome of Texas elections when state election code and local procedures are followed. I mean, you can really have faith in this if, if the rules, if the laws are followed and obeyed. Then it goes on and says here, in Harris County, that's what encompasses Houston. This is the most populated area of Texas, the most populated county in Texas. In Harris County, the audit showed, quote, very serious issues in the handling of electronic media. At least 14 mobile ballot boxes did not have proper chain of custody records for 185,000 ballots. 185,000? This is in Texas. This is Texas in 2020, the, you know, the perfect election. It says here, in addition, the county failed to provide documentation for the creation of 17 mobile ballot boxes. Not, not a, there's not going to be a problem with the mobile ballot boxes, you know, the ones that just move all over the place and there's no, no chain of custody and anyone and their dog can come along and stuff ballots into it. It says here, ballot boxes connected to 124,000 vote records. It says, and tally audit logs for over two dozen early polling places and eight election day polling locations did not match the electronic records, also according to the Epic Times. So there's that. But, but then you have to ask yourself, is anyone going to be prosecuted for this? Or do we just always listen to the election officials say, you know, look, it was a little messy here and there, but for the most part, you can trust us. Oh, okay. Just a little bit of malfunctioning that just happened to go on in these Republican voting districts in, uh, in Maricopa County. And then the election officials are always able to say, it was just a mistake, but it didn't affect the outcome of the election. These kinds of things, at least they're not, at least they're not committing murder. What, what they're doing in Maricopa County. So just forget about it. They're like Sam Bankman Freed. We can just turn a blind eye to corruption, to lawless. There is no oversight, basically. There's no oversight in America's election process because you cannot question it. Look, look at what they're doing to Carrie Lake. Katie Hobbs has unleashed Obama's attorneys. She got the ruling she wanted Saturday night in this two-day trial, left to just one judge to decide whether to throw, he had already thrown out eight of the counts coming in, so he dismisses it Saturday night. Now, it's not enough for Katie Hobbs to win. It's not enough for Antiochus to win. Now they're going after, Kate, now they're going after Carrie Lake for a half a million dollars in attorney's fees, and they want her sanctioned. They want her punished. They want her buried. They want to send the message that you don't dare question the election process unless you're a Democrat and you lose. Uh, outside of that, Mark Elias, the, the Obama people, they're not going to stop. It's like David Pluff uh, tweeted out a couple years ago. It's not enough to beat Donald Trump. He's got to be destroyed. So they've got to go after Carrie Lake. And you have to ask, where is Mitch McConnell? Where is Ronna McDaniel? Where is Kevin McCarthy? Where is anyone in the Republican Party? They're already out there saying that Carrie Lake was a bad candidate. Here she's had to defend herself, and now she's being persecuted by these people that stole an election, and no one rises to her defense. It's exactly like Jeremiah 9 says. I mean, and their tongues just bend to spin lies. Evil upon evil. They weary themselves to commit iniquity. They, they wear themselves out committing iniquity, says the Bible, says the prophet Jeremiah. Is this allowed, this kind of activity and behavior? I mean, John Bolton's out there bragging about unleashing all these coup d'etats around the world. It, would, this, would this sort of thing be allowed or accepted by the deep state of the United States if it was going on in some third world country across the world? People would be crying foul. People would be saying the process is broken. 
people would be saying, well, take them to court or do something. Defend yourself. Stand up for truth. Be valiant for the truth. But none of that, even when it's exposed, it's amazing, isn't it? Matt Hancock's exposed. The Australian government's exposed. The, the U.S. government exposed. They had to use that scaremongering in 2020 to terrify you into submission, to terrify you into the basement so that they could overhaul the entire election process. That's what's played out. This is from uh, Conservative Treehouse. It says here, this is regarding the Twitter files, number 11, on the COVID narrative. Sundance says, as Zweig begins his review, he noted, quote, the United States government pressured Twitter and other social media platforms to elevate certain content and suppress other content about COVID-19. That's from the Twitter files yesterday. Just ponder that for a moment. The United States government pressured Twitter and, and this is coming from a left-wing reporter, how much worse would this be if, as I said last week, you know, it's Julie Kelly or it's Miranda Devine or someone like that writing about it. The United States government pressured Twitter and other social media platforms, says why, to elevate certain content and to suppress other content about COVID-19. Sundance says this, critics of COVID-19 policy were blocked, censored, removed, and restricted. Advocates of government policy were enhanced, amplified, promoted, and enlarged. The year 2022, the year of exposing the lies. Listen to this. The Biden administration wanted to use fear as a weapon to control public opinion in, uh, of COVID-19. The platform officials and the various officials in media were promoting the fear and worry narrative as part of an election strategy to facilitate mail-in ballots. He's, he's completely right here. The, the steal, that's what they were most interested in in 2020. Just scare everyone to death, put Joe Biden in the basement, get those machines ready. I mean, I'm talking about the Democrat cheat machines. Get the machines ready in Atlanta, in Philadelphia, in Pittsburgh, in, uh, in Milwaukee, in Detroit, in Phoenix. Get them ready. Get them ready to harvest all of these ballots in the dark of night. In fact, it can carry on for five days and then we'll tell everybody, we, the talking heads, we'll tell everybody, this is completely normal. This is, it's kind of like that, that uh, attorney for Katie Hobbs said in court, we played the clip yesterday, how dare you criticize the election process in Maricopa County? You should have, you should have voted early. You shouldn't have waited till, until election day, he says. They bend their tongues to tell lies. They, they, they weary in iniquity. The sin, the chain of crimes, it just wears them out. That's from the prophet Ezekiel. Let me just repeat this from Sundance. He says, the platform officials and the various officials and media were promoting the fear and worry narrative as part of an election strategy to facilitate mail-in ballots. COVID-19 was as much perhaps even more of an election manipulation tool as it was a virus. Did you hear this? COVID-19 was as much, perhaps even more of, an election manipulation tool as it was a virus. He's right. And you can find similar statements to that in this book here, America Under Attack. America Under Attack, the 800 number, 1-866-930-3024. This is a, a quote from our book. It says here, Johns Hopkins University research in February 2022 found that pandemic lockdowns only prevented 0.2% of the COVID deaths. But saving lives was never the radical left's goal. The goal was to use the pandemic to frighten people 
into surrendering their God-given freedoms. Very importantly, drastic government acts made possible only by coronavirus fears revolutionized elections in America. It's hard to believe all this has happened in just the last three years. I mean, it's just an avalanche of lies, of false narratives. Could, could the deep state, could they have rigged the election more? When you think about Hunter Biden, the laptop, when you think about uh, election interference or questioning the election after the fact, or when you think about the COVID scaremongering, you had Donald Trump. This was in the revelations yesterday. He went to Walter Reed. He had the COVID. He took that, the, all those, they didn't have the vaccine at that time, but he took uh, hydroxychloroquine and other things, came back within just two, three days and was saying, you know what? We don't have to, we don't have to be afraid of COVID. And Jim Baker, deep state Jim Baker, he's at Twitter. He's lead legal counsel at that time. And he's sending emails to the Twitter people saying, how come we're not banning that tweet that the president just sent out? He, he sent out a tweet basically saying, look, don't, you don't have to be afraid. And they wanted to blot that out. Why? Because you had to be afraid. Look, we're in the midst of revolutionizing the election process with 100 million ballots just mailed out all over the place. A harvester's dream, if ever there was one. A ballot harvester's dream. They pulled it off. They pulled off the steel. And Jim Baker, he said the quiet part out loud. Look, we've got to blot that out because the purpose of our platform here is to scare people. We're here to scare them to death. It's COVID. It's COVID. Wow. AUA says the push for mail-in balloting and other loosening of our illegally breaking uh, of or illegally breaking long-standing election standards that protect against fraud could only have happened by heavily marketed virus fears. But that's quite a statement given the Twitter revelations from just yesterday, they couldn't have done it without COVID. And now we see why government officials, and of course it went beyond the borders of the United States as you have seen on today's show. You had the government in the UK, whether they realized it or not, the communists in the United States, together with the communists in China, we're using a virus, a man-made virus, a virus created by China, created in the same lab that Fauci and Collins and friends funded. They used that virus to steal a U.S. presidential election. They couldn't have done it without the scaremongering, without the mass mail-in ballots. Couldn't have done it says here, the timing of all these events is deeply suspicious. Obama's support for the Chinese Communist Party's Wuhan Institute of Virology and its bioweapons research is either the result of horrendous incompetence or diabolical treason. And then my father says, the Bible indicates treason. Yes, indeed, diabolical treason. Treason of the highest order. Further on, it says Obama was mentored by the card-carrying communist Frank Marshall Davis, uh, wants to be supreme interpreter of American communism. Toward the end, toward this end, sorry, the coronavirus has become his most dangerous weapon for convincing people to abandon constitutional freedoms and to embrace authoritarian government. It says the pandemic, its coverage, the government's radical reaction to it, and the election that was altered by it traced back to a man with the stated agenda of fundamentally transforming the United States of America and blotting out the blessings and traditions of this country. What a satanic attack this has been. It's all laid out there for you in America Under Attack. I can just conclude with a few verses. We've read some of these before, so we don't need to turn over there necessarily. But in 2 Thessalonians 2, God says that he sent strong delusion to Laodiceans because they didn't love the truth. God will test your love for the truth. He wants to see if you're valiant for the truth, as it says in Jeremiah 9. 
If, if you'll fight for the truth, if you'll hold fast to the truth, there's a war going on, a great spiritual war. We wrestle, not against flesh and blood, said Paul in Ephesians 6, but against pr principalities, powers in high places. It's a fight. It's a war. It's a struggle. Truth has been cast to the ground, as it says in, in uh, Daniel 8. The way of sin, the way of evil, it's, it's just practicing and prospering. As Jeremiah 9 says, they're so steeped in sin that it just, even, even the sins just wear them out. They're weary in iniquity. That's your Bible's assessment of what we're seeing transpire in the nations of Israel today. Let me read to you Jeremiah 5 and verse 1. It says, Run you to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and seek in the broad places thereof. If you can find a man, can you find one man? If there be any that executes judgment, that seeks the truth, and I will pardon it. God is hunting for uh, truth tellers, seekers of truth. Just one man, it indicates here. Is there one person who will get up and speak the truth, who will speak boldly for God? You look around at our society, there are not that many. There are not that many. Jesus said that Satan is a liar and he's the father of liars. There's, lot, there's lots and lots of people following in the steps of Satan, Satan leading the way. I won't take the time to go over to Isaiah 59, quite a lot over there, uh, about God's truth and the lies that uh, Satan is spreading over the earth. It is, it is a war. This has been the year of lying, but thank God it's also been a year of exposing those lies. It's also been a year where the truth has emerged in, in several different sectors of society. More on that, America Under Attack. Don't forget to call our operators and request your free copy. You can send us an email too, td at thetrumpet.com. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.